It's bonus pod one nine eight. You take the final step up onto the Acropolis in Athens. You're astonished by the age of these ruins, by the elegance of the design, by the permanence of their beauty. You're astonished. You're astounded. You're humbled. And um, you feel, you know what, proud to be human. <laughs> and you walk along the ruins and you you have a look at, you, you see the Athena and Nike's the temple and you go, wow. And you walk over to see the priestesses temple and you go, wow. You look at the priest, the statues of the priestesses. Uh, the, these are replicas. The real ones are in, are in the museum next door. But it's good to see how they would have looked in their original setting. And then you walk over to the big boy himself, the Parthenon, with all his massive columns and broken up roof and um, the, the the gaps where the freezers used to be up there uh, under the under the ore roof tiles. And you might depicture where the torches would have been and the priestesses moving in and out and 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 you notice there are statues the statues between the pillars and you go up to the first statue and it's a statue of athena goddess athena goddess athena as they pronounce it in greece athena and there she stands with all her her, all her mighty wisdom she has a, her owl on her shoulder her symbol she's holding a shield and in her left hand is a branch from the olive tree, her gift to the people of Athens. And the next statue is a statue of uh, Zeus, uh, powerful and angry, febrile, chaotic, uh, fatherly. And then the next statue is, oh, this is, you're not quite familiar with this one. It's, um, it's a man, it's bearded, in the same way that... Uh, Zeus is. Uh, he's actually bigger than he's a bit bigger than Zeus. He's certainly sort of thicker, thicker. His legs are thick. His legs are very thick. You you look at his leg and then you look at the pillar of of the path and you go, wow, there's not much in it. There's not much in it. There's pretty. It's pretty close. And this he's not really wearing sort of what you can you'd have thought of as old sort of Greek clothing. He's wearing like it looks like a blazer like a velvet blazer there's even you look closely and they, they, this is the this is how incredible the old greek sculptors were that you can see there's a texture of velvetiness like fluff on like somehow chipped into the marble it's incredible the attention to detail and you and look you look at the face of this particular statue what god is this is it is it hades it's not Hermes. Hermes is he's too sort of broad to be Hermes. He's too And you look at his expression, his expression is this sort of cheeky like ooh kind of face, like ooh like that. With his pursed lips. Ooh and he's got his right hand over his lips going Ooh like that. And you go, huh, that's an interesting expression. It's not either it's not the frowning face or the smiling face from the traditional Greek uh, theatre. Those masks, neither. It's this new one. It's ooh. You've never seen that expression anywhere else in 
And you could go, maybe it's Hercules, but I don't see the I don't see the club or the, or the lion skin anywhere, which usually is used to identify him. Hmm, I'll have to I'll have to Google this later. And you and you go to the next statue, and well, I mean, this is even even stranger. There's no beard. There's no facial hair on this one. So I see one of the younger gods, demigods. He's um. Uh, the facial features are different. It's more it's sort of Asiatic. Is this hmm? Well, that's interesting. I mean, the Greeks got around, but this guy looks sort of Far Eastern. He's he's like he's not even sort of Middle Eastern, or because you know they're sure they they would know what Persians look like. But this guy's like East Asian looking. His hair is not curly like the others. It's sort of straight. And wait a second, he's wearing glasses. This guy's wearing spectacles. They didn't have spectacles back in the Greek age. <laughs> the heck what the heck's going on he's wearing tie-up trousers and 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 a jumper huh what on earth what's going on the shoes are from new balance and you and you turn around and you go um excuse you try and look for a guide or expert and you go uh sorry what who what are these statues of <laughs> and then you just hear a voice go gods and you turn around and you go huh what there's no one there and you turn around again. Sorry, can someone explain to me what who these are statues of? Are they? Uh, are they, they? I don't recognize them from the pantheon. And then you just hear a, a, a voice go again. Um, antiquity. And you turn around. What? So who is that? Who is that? And then uh, you go. Uh, is no one going to explain what these are? And the voices say to shout together philosophy <laughs> and, and you go what and you turn around and the two those final two statues they come to they're alive they're not made of marble they're people they're just covered in white paint and they jump on you and they wrestle you in a greek romans greek style grabbing your legs grabbing your head it's tumbling you around on the in the in the rock in the mud <laughs> on the acropolis and 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 they and <laughs> And they're saying things like the Socratic method. The other one goes <laughs> Pythagoras's theorem. Someone shouts pie nuts. The other person goes olive oil. <laughs> and you go, what's going on? Who are you? What are you doing? And then together, it's me and Pierre, and we say we appreciate in Greece. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to bonus box. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Uh, I like the idea of someone shouting the Socratic method in the same way that you would shout "Hiya!" <laughs> the Socratic method, whammo. Plato. Uh, is the Socratic method basically asking a question and then answering it? What is the Socratic method? Um, is it going? Why do teaching, I think that? Teaching I through think that because teaching through questions. Right. Yeah. 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 Revealing logic through through questioning of, of people. Um, that seems pretty obvious to me now, but I guess it wouldn't wasn't at the time. No, well, I mean, it it wasn't um, as formalized uh, an an idea, and also we're dealing with like logic logic with like a capital L, right? It's it's philosophical stuff we're dealing with. Yeah, it's not what you used to say to a trainee that... electrician. Where do you think the wire goes? Why do you think that? Right. I mean, it might right, be. Right, right. I don't know, but it feels more dangerous when it's wires. 
than when it's what is a man. Right. One interesting thing that, uh, I mean, he said many interesting things, but one of the interesting things our guide around the Acropolis said was um, that really the philosophers, Plato, Aristotle, Aristotle, Socrates, they're the first people to say, to basically say that people, we are responsible for our own decisions and actions. Before that, everyone's actions was the fault of a god. So if you ha- yeah. behaved in a particular way it was because a particular god had made you do that and and so the greek philosophers the athenian philosophers were the first people to say no these these are your actions your decisions and your responsibilities and it's like wow i had no idea that was it was that significant that that things were that different oh i mean like it's it's utterly foundational to everything these guys like it's uh it's it's yeah. I I just know from the much more minor revelations available through you know my early medieval history studies that like whenever you go oh but that's obvious isn't it the answer is always no it was awful before <laughs> just to everything really is like, no it's not obvious and yes it was awful and and this is a big yeah. deal it's like when you watch The Shining and you have to remember it invented all those tropes times a million sure 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 yes. Yes, the Socrates very much the Seinfeld of philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember reading somewhere that like so, like people in, in the sort of late Roman in the Roman Empire, late Roman Empire didn't even really have an understanding of like probability. The the idea was that if you flipped a coin and whether it was Caesar's head or or the the other side was sort of up to Caesar somehow. Like he was a sort of living mm. god whose mass psychic abilities could affect it was linked with him in some way. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there's play, like there's superstition, and then there's not understanding coin flips. You know. Ah, <laughs> uh, and I suppose that's why that's how monotheistic religion was able to emerge, right? Because beforehand, before the idea of the the uh, independent self and the agency of the individual you needed so many gods because you needed one for every emotion basically right you needed one for every phenomenon and then when people realize oh actually we decide it's all down to us you can have religions where it's one god looking out over everything it's a good um it's a good measure of if something is being if a pantheon is being oversimplified if if you're being presented with a pantheon and there's no overlap there should always be overlap like the viking gods the norse gods there was so much overlap like tiu was the god of like sometimes war but also single combat mm-hmm. but also rivers you know it's just this yep, random yep, yep. collection of shit and then you go well, what about thor and you go yeah also war but more sort of on mass i don't know really just depends where you're from depends on the year it's just yeah. all vague, vague, superstitious yeah, thing. shit. I think you go and you go to a museum and you read about like Hades and because Hades was the lord of death and also pine cones, and you go what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seems like one very big thing and then one very specific thing. Yeah, he was the lord of death, pine cones. Um, that feeling when you th- you go look, that cloud looks like something, and then when the other guy looks, it's blown away. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Wednesday and like just random shit. What's There's a Greek goddess of the hearth, the hearth, like just the fire in your house. That's a goddess. That's oh yeah, the hearth, the back. hearth gods. Oh yeah, it's important. It's where all the stuff happens. 
Hey, it's important. This is important stuff here. This is the hearth. These are the hearth. These are, this is the hearth, Phil. It's the heart of the house. Um, the it. What's amazing to think about is that these guys were all out there, being incredibly logical and clever, and people yeah. were still just like, mm, I don't know, Socrates. I I'm gonna kill this bull. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they weren't like particularly. They weren't all necessarily atheists. They all still had their own mad beliefs. But I mean, yeah. whatever the guy's name is, who basically came up with atomic theory. Oh yes, well, Ionic is named after Iona. I you know. Yeah. It's the same as the Ionic columns. It's from the same place. The idea of things being made up by uh, of atoms. All it took was the idea. Well, you just need a bunch of guys sitting around on some steps with enough olive oil and bread to keep them going. For yeah. not out of the fields, and someone will eventually go. If I keep cutting cheese in half, eventually it must get really small, and everyone will go, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> but how small? Yeah. What's the smallest cheese can be? And thus was born atomic theory. Yeah, and your blue cheese gin. Yes, yum, 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 yum. Definitely had some atoms in there. So, Phil, this some is imp- cheese ions in there. <laughs> well, so Phil, this is the two spicy things we can do. Well, not even spicy, but like Jacinda Ardern, but also our, our change in view about the British Museum. Yes, I think we we, we yeah we we, we covered um, British Museum reasonably well. I mean, the spiciest thing this week for me is is was arguably the, a more sort of leftist progressive uh, a view, which is that the. Um, Elgin marbles or the Parthenon marbles should be given to Athens to Greece. Yeah, I think I've started doing is to avoid language that makes me go. I I, I think we can do a lot more by phrasing things in a less defeatist way. I was thinking about this, like with the Elgin marbles. Instead of saying return them, why don't we just say give them? Just give them to Athens. When you say or, return, people start thinking, "Oh, hey, well, that sounds like defeat." What about? Let's um, not do that. I was thinking. I, I think about this and um, rejoining the single market. Yeah, the EU single market. I say, don't ever say. Politician who wants to do it should never say we're going to rejoin the single market. Say we're going to join the single market. Yeah, make it sound <laughs> yeah. like it's a new thing. Yeah, it's true. I don't think say you, rejoin because then that yeah. sounds like a defeat. I think you're onto something there. What about what about we should restore the Parthenon? Ah, reunite the Parthenon. Yeah, because if we say restore, complete, it sounds complete. like how about that? Complete yeah. the Parthenon. Yes, we should complete That's and restore fun. the Parthenon. Now we're the heroes. There you go. It's all about reframing. Yeah. Well, that is the trouble with marketing stuff isn't it where like if you phrase it as like the 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 genocidal british monarchy should re decolonize the parthenon then immediately the whole daily mail telegraph it's all you're dead yeah yeah just people turning off people are getting people are getting annoyed stop trying to make points stop trying to make points with the language make points with the action if you want to get shit done stop just stop annoying people get people on side (laughs) I, i don't know why people don't understand this Get people on side. Yeah. 
you're gonna get your shit done what was it sun tzu said in um in the art of war build a bridge of gold behind your enemy Ooh. if you want your enemy to retreat build a bridge of gold behind your enemy make yeah make your enemies loss make your enemies retreat as as delicious as possible uh, as delightful and delicious and attractive as possible wait hang on make Philip. it nice hang on so it's a bridge but it's made of gold oh hmm. gosh did i say that <laughs> did i say that that doesn't sound like something i'd say that sounds like nonsense um god imagine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't another, start a whole genre. I had to get another layer to this. <laughs> Oil painting, the, gold, the golden, the golden object cinematic universe. We can't. Yeah, that's can't it. Just keep going. Um, the yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. Um, he so of course Sun Tzu also said um, like and subscribe. <laughs> he was very keen to grow his um his subscriber base. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think that this comes down to one of the issues that you and I have with lots of people who we actually agree with is that much like academics, the point is made in the language and there's no need to follow it up with an actual deed. Yes, language itself is is the work. Yeah. It's say, kind of people who say about, say, like Keir Starmer, where's the passion? <laughs> it's like, what does it fucking matter what the passion is? Look what passion got us in 2019. Yeah. Just you need, do just do good shit, do good work, and and convince yeah. people. Have to convince people. The, Bring the, people around. The passion argument would also only have a point if we hadn't been led by a wildly jizzing scarecrow lunatic of passion. Like Boris yeah. Johnson's problem was not that he was too strict about his own work and deadlines. So, <laughs> yeah, he was he was never guilty of being dispassionate. Yeah, they go. Oh, that guy's real. That guy's got ice in his veins. That guy works so hard. Yeah, he's bursting but with this jizz. Is, this is my. Re- <laughs> <laughs> you ever want to feel like a princess, boy? I bet you do. We'll get your hands on some of this here moisturizer. It's Hell's Angel. No affiliation with the biker gang moisturizer. It'll smooth out those calluses from revving your hog. Again, I can't emphasize enough how much this is not being sold by the Hells Angels. They have not approved this product. But if you got a calloused hand from a bike or uh, whatever it is you do working down the mill, kind of Bruce Springsteen jobs, apply this moisturizer to your hands, your craggly face, and your authentic American-made leather jacket. Smooth it right out. You look like a baby. Big tough baby with a beard. But this is if I was communications officer for the Reunite the Parthenon lobby or mm. the Rejoin the EU lobby, my, my point would be don't say re. Don't say yeah. re. Would you make <laughs> it sound new? Make it sound like we're moving forward. Do you stand up and say, guys, I'm I've got some bad news. Everyone in this organization seems to have come down with diarrhea. Because if you keep using re, the campaign's gonna die a death, right? Very good. And then you point at a big, uh, <laughs> a big whiteboard, and everyone has to say "no more diarrhea" as you point along the words. <laughs> and I charge them a thousand pounds. Yeah, if 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 bare minimum, if not more, kind of if not yeah. more. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then as you're packing up the whiteboard, oh, build a golden bridge, but uh, people are leaving already. <laughs> yeah, build a bridge of gold behind the enemy. It's a good, it's a good one. From really awesome nice. Too. Not, 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 not one of his more famous ones, but it's the one I remember the most. Um, yeah. I've read, I've read, I've read Art of War, and I've read The Prince by Machiavelli, just so I can be a real psychopathic cunt. But on, <laughs> I remember just a couple of bits. I don't really remember anything from The Prince. I remember a couple of bits from Sun Tzu. A lot of them are mainly specific uh, advice about where to position your archers, but some of it is yeah. some of it is really good stuff, like build a build a bridge of gold behind your enemy. I know in the Art of War it says something like if your if your enemy is of a passionate disposition, provoke him. I think that's one of the pieces of advice, something like that. Ah, yes. And well, I mean, the prince is the same. Some of the prince is just quite good advice about running a sort of mercantile city state. There you go. <laughs> yeah, very specific. I don't know how this applies to selling makeup door to door, but I'm sure it will in some way. <laughs> and then I know it's uh, it is better to be feared than loved. If you have to choose between the two, that was his conclusion. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that leads me on to my main question, Phil: Is Bud Pod feared enough? <laughs> <laughs> sure, we're loved. But are we feared? <laughs> uh, do, you, do the other podcasts fear us enough? This is the main question. Can you think of a podcast? This is the main you question. Would, you would fear that I fear. Well, that anyone would fear. Um, God, what's a fearful podcast? Some of the news ones, I guess, feel fearful just because of the the, the the weight of content that they that they have. I suppose the, if the you're importance of of their content if if you got away with a very interesting murder years ago you might worry that ah one of the murder ones is going to investigate you or if i uh wrote a porno that i'm trying to keep secret (laughs) from my children and the world the the wider world that that i can think of a podcast i might be fearful of yeah you're crafting that porno and thinking god i i hope my own children don't mock my my lust. It's <laughs> the last thing I want from this porn manuscript. <laughs> oh, but Jacinda Ardern, mm. the everyone's favorite lady, she's she shock quit. She rage. Well, she didn't rage quit. She she sad quit. She sad quit. Um, the job of being New Zealand president. It seems to be a, a New said, Zealand thing to just sort of go. That's it. I've had enough and just going. <laughs> Maybe they just aren't psychopathic enough to want to stay in power. Yeah, they're too nice. Like, she, like oh, hey, look. World of respect to her. I like the lady a lot. She seems nice and smart. And she's got a lovely face and nice nice hair. And she's clever. And I like her. <laughs> um, but... But... Prime Minister of New Zealand, I would think, among all the Prime Minister jobs, <laughs> this is my spicy take, isn't the hardest Prime Minister job. Okay, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I'm just saying there are harder countries to be Prime Minister of. There's a great um uh, our friend Carl Yes. Um Carl Donnelly, look him up guys. This uh, routine is fantastic. Good friend, the great comedian Carl Donnelly, he's got a routine about Jacinda Ardern and how everyone loves her so much. 
but how how her job is is easier than some and he goes you know the I, i'm no fan of of the um of the tories but jacinda ardern her job is to rule over five million of the nicest people on earth <laughs> in paradise the prime minister <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. uk the prime minister of the uk has to govern 70 million cunts in a shithole <laughs> It's such a good, it's such a good bit. It's so good. I think he says it'd be like she, if she tried to do it here, she'd be like the substitute teacher that you make try and kill herself. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. That's it. We'd bully her to we, death. We, we, we tried to make a cry on the first day. Yeah, that's it. That's so funny. He's, I think it's true, but I think that, you know, there's that phrase: every political career ends in failure because it has to. Right. Sure. But I think. For years, the example, the counterexample, the one exception to that phrase was a, a, a Kiwi prime minister, maybe from the 80s, who resigned after like he won like three elections and he was just like, nah, I'm going to I'm going to go fishing now. Like just he could have won like another one or two. And he's the exception, I think. And then now there's another one or maybe two more. This is a Kiwi thing. Humble, yeah, maybe, humble. Maybe. Maybe they just expect a more pleasant quality of life. And, they're humble and, hobbits. The humble, the humble hobbits. The humble hobbits of the Shire, apart from on the rugby pitch, of course. Mhm, mhm. Um, um, but it's a shame she was a good she she was a good lady and a good politician. It seems. What the fuck is she going to do now? Is after dinner speaking and hanging out? Yeah, probably hanging out. I mean, I mean, how big can the after? Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. She'd 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 do very well on a global after um, after dinner speaking tour. I mean, yeah, especially as like you know, um, a female prime minister. You know, she had that bit where she did she have her did she have her bring her baby into the parliament. Yes, there was something like that, that. Kind of thing. And then the COVID so response. All sorts of yes 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 she'll you know they'll be talking you know she'll do like um a lecture tour of like can can politics be compassionate you know yeah yeah delivered in uh to the to (laughs) delivered to the saudi uh government (laughs) (laughs) oh did you see that beyonce's made to like her much awaited comeback her much awaited live comeback beyonce oh yeah uh, at a private gig in Dubai at a luxury hotel opening. <laughs> what do it's we think the fee was for that? Stuff. Oh, can you imagine? Was it was it Dubai? Yes, Beyonce Dubai. Because yes, like yes, yes. David David Beckham. David Beckham Beckham. Is David. that how you say his name? Beckham. Beck Beckham. Be- Beckham, yeah, David Beckham, yeah, he um got something insane like 150 million, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So Beyonce's getting tens of millions for this one gig, surely. Oh, at least, at least, and and she's a billionaire, isn't she? So it would have to be quite a lot to bring her sort of to tempt her to Dubai. Yeah. Because because you know the 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 fallout is baked in, right? The yeah. the anger yes. you will you will 
you will receive. You know, she's not stupid. She knows people are not going to be happy about it. So that's going to be baked in to the fee, yeah. right? Yeah. So imagine how much that that makes it. What do you reckon? 50 million? It's a lot. Oh, I reckon I reckon 100 mil at least. Really? Yeah, she is Dubai. Yeah. yeah, it is Dubai. Fucking hell. <laughs> It must be a power trip thing as well. Like there must be a bit where she has to like have a really boring conversation with a bunch of princes. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that was like backstage. Sort of awkward. Because you'd think once you get to that point, you're you're beyond, you can't just be bought. But the the thing with Dubai and places like it is that it just conclusively proves over and over again that you can. You can buy anything. I kind of I I uh as much as I hate them I do kind of admire these um very wealthy uh Gulf Arab states for showing the world and reminding the world that everyone has their price. <laughs> I think it, it's an important yeah. lesson that we mustn't forget. Everyone has their price and Qatar and Dubai and the rest they they do us a kind of service. By showing sort of, us, oh, you think you have all these principles. Everyone has their price. Everyone has their price. So you think that they're like the they're like the devil in a folk tale or something. Yeah, they they walk around in a suit. They're yeah. one of the suit devils. Yeah, one of those ones that's tricksy. Like uh, you learn a kind of grim lesson through irony or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's true. It. I mean, they, essentially, if you have, a, if you as a nation have a level of budget that is a basically the equivalent of typing the cheat code into The Sims for infinite money, <laughs> you can just do whatever the fuck you want. You just open a water park, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so to that for that public service, I I, I do I do I do thank. The, the Gulf states. <laughs> wonder if they have any artifacts in their museums. I guess they never really mean? had an oh, empire. Oh, from, from... No, no. Maybe. Maybe they've bought some... I mean, they have a lot of endangered animals roaming around. Just sort of in apartments. Yeah, that's fucking mad. In the rare houses. animal trade. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um... Shall we quickly do a message? Sure. Okay. It's from Louise. Louise. Blue cheese was in my drink. Yeah. Last weekend. It was. Louise says, happy Poosmere. Happy Poosmere. Happy Poosmere. I hope you're both well. Looking forward to seeing Pierre in Eastleigh later in the year. Yes, on my tour. Or maybe a Eastleigh. preview or something. I don't remember. But I'll be in Eastleigh. Check my website for information. Um, I was reminded the other day of a poopy drama that traumatized my elderly gran. Okay. Mm. <laughs> elderly gran. My nan has had her newspapers delivered by the same paper shop in town since the 1960s. Mm. Wow. She has seen the paper boys grow up and move on over the years. She would always go in and pay the tickets in cash each week, and now she is 90 and less mobile, still sends my mother each week to pay. God forbid she has a direct debit. Direct debit is how the scammers work, she says. Right. Yeah, that's very grandma. Yep. 
Anyway, one day Nan's papers were being delivered, but to Nan's surprise, this day, a car pulled up at the bottom of the drive, and a middle-aged woman, a middle-aged round woman, sorry, it says. (laughs) A middle-aged round woman. A a round middle-aged woman. Yeah. Shape, age. Um was heading up the drive, clutching the daily rag, a change from the usual acne-riddled teen on a bike. Ah. Ah. To Nan's surprise, the doorbell went. They usually just use the letterbox. Nan shuffled as fast as she could to the door. Her top speed is roughly 0.5 miles an hour. Yeah. It was the lady with the paper. The lady apologized to my Nan for disturbing her and asked if she could use the toilet. Hmm. It sounds like a scam. Well, for context, Nan watches that bloody Angela Rippon program about scams, so is very suspicious of the human race. There you go. There you go. And so gave the woman a full interrogation before pointing to the bathroom at the end of the hall. Oh, great. I'd love to know the questions. Yeah. This delay could have been the reason I have a story today. (laughs) (laughs) It's real sliding doors stuff. Yeah. Well, what for? Um... After five minutes in the bathroom, my nan's Angela Rippon spidey senses were tingling, so she headed out into the hallway to check on the surprised guest. The car was still at the bottom of the drive. Sorry, surprise guest. I think I must have autocorrected to a surprised guest. Car <laughs> still at the bottom of the drive, all the doors still closed. Safe. So with that, the toilet flushed, so nan raced back to the kitchen to act casual. Then the toilet flushed mm-hmm. again. Mm. And again. She's, she's flushing your diamonds away. Eight more times the toilet flushed. Eleven total. Wow. The lady strolled out, politely smiled, thanked my nan, and headed out the door. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for the flushes, the poo I am flushing. Um, Nan put the incident down into the odd category and was soon distracted by Phil and Holly at 1,000 decibels, like most pensioners. A call of nature drew Nan away from her beloved this morning, and Nan was greeted by an aroma that would singe even the bushiest nose hairs. <laughs> but aesthetically, the bathroom was pleasing, and there was no evidence of foul play. Mm. After doing her business, Nan flushed the toilet, and to her surprise was greeted with rising water levels that would not look <gasps> out of place in an environmental documentary. No. The cavalry was called in. My stepdad dutifully began his investigation. Sometime later, after a lot of huffing, muted swearing, and gagging, he retrieved an enormous <laughs> pair of ladies' knickers filled with shit and rolled oh up. Oh my god. What? <laughs> Just flushed down the toilet? Gosh, yeah. I mean, I know I know we're not grease, but our plumbing's not that sturdy. No. That's, that would be a funny thing to say to her. Look, as, I know we're not grease. <laughs> as you knock on her window. Hey. <laughs> I know we're not Greece, but let's not get overconfident, madam. <laughs> the lady, the paper lady had shat herself and tried to flush her drawers in Nan's bog. <laughs> <laughs> Nan's bog. It must be the most English two words I was literally, that exist. I was about to say that whole sentence is like a slice of England. <laughs> the paper lady shat herself and tried to flush her drawers in Nan's bog. <laughs> It's like, it's like something from Viz. <laughs> like a Duolingo to teach Americans how to speak like English people. <laughs> it's like it's like a, from a Viz comic called The, the Shitting Slags or something. 
Yeah, or it's called something horrible, like weekly delivery, and there's like a winking lady with a <laughs> lumpy pair of pants that have words like honk and pong coming out. <laughs> uh, oh, fucking hell. The next day, my nan cancelled her newspaper delivery. Um, wow. This, of course, was even funnier told by a 90-year-old grandma that is very similar to the lady in Keeping Up Appearances. Hates swearing and is very prim and proper. Oh, brilliant. That's great. Yeah. Koji Lou. Thank you, Lou. That is very good. Just And Thanks, then Lou. there was a pile of shit-filled knickers. <laughs> um, thank you. We've run. We've run over. You got a little bonus, bonus. Oh, bonus, week. bonus. Uh, uh, just a reminder: do get tickets for Budpod Live at Leicester Square Theatre on March fourteenth. Yes. Um, it would be great to see more Podbuds. Um, but until next week, have a lovely time. Have a lovely time. Bye. Bye.